we're going back outside. The 2021 Toledo Walleye Winterfest has arrived, and all Andy Elford has you covered. Two big games in the ECHL as the day after Christmas, the Walleye take on the Kalamazoo Wings. And on New Year's Eve, the Fish play host to the Indianapolis Fuel. Listen for all the updated standing stats as well as action on the ice. Winterfest starts this Thursday and goes until after the new year. Follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. The 2021 Winterfest coverage right here on AllAndyAlfred. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. And Facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. The fish head in to fifth third field and battle the K-Wings to a stunning sold-out crowd. The largest crowd to watch a hockey game in Toledo history. They fall on the short end of the stick. While we wait for the NHL to resume. More notice, news and notes from the Jacket Country as we wait for the Jackets to come back onto the ice. <sighs> another Sunday, another Lions loss. This time, a terrible play call to end the game. While the Browns ruin most of Northeast Ohio's Christmas Day as they fall to Green Bay. College football, the playoffs are just around the corner. We'll take a look at the matchups as well as look at the bowl games that have happened so far. But, of course, you heard the promo. Winterfest is upon us. You'll hear my take on on the first game for the Walleye as well as what's happening with Winterfest and so much more tonight. As Christmas has come and passed, 2021 is around... Is coming to an end. 2022 is around the corner, and the show starts now, right here on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm gonna get shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, 
from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me your time and effort to listen to what's happening in the sports world as well as what is happening in my everyday life. You could be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcome into this edition of the program on this, the 27th day of December 2021, our second to last show of 2021. Oh my goodness, we have hit the end of the year, folks. It is truly, truly a pleasure to be with you guys tonight on this edition of the program. A lot to get into, of course, tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, we're going to talk about the past week in the NFL. Of course, the Lions losing in Atlanta, as well as the Browns falling apart in Green Bay with Baker Mayfield at the helm. We'll talk about that, as well as giving your week recap of the scores around the National Football League. Also, we'll dive into college football. Of course, today the Quick Lane Bowl took place up at Ford Field. We'll dive into that, talk a little bit about that, as well as we'll dive into the big college football playoff games that will be taking place this upcoming Friday night as it will be Alabama taking on Cincinnati as well as Michigan battling Georgia. We'll talk about that and look at all the rest of the college football games and we'll dive into an Andy Rant tonight, a special Andy Rant tonight, thanking a few people as they are coming to the end of their careers. So like I said, you can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. We're going to begin, we usually would start with the NFL, but what what happened last night at Fifth Third Field, I want to discuss that first and foremost. And let's dive into it. All right. We've been waiting for this for over two years. We have arrived. Toledo Walleye Winterfest presented by Prometica has arrived. The Walleye were on the ice last night, took on the Kalamazoo Wings the AA affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Jackets, of course, right now, as well as the rest of the NHL, on pause right now, getting ready for the restart as we talk. get ready to talk here on All Andy Alford. Uh, games will be, get, begin tomorrow night in the NHL. Uh, the Jackets are on a pause. They would have played Toronto tonight. We would not be doing a show tonight because... The Jackets were playing Toronto. They play Chicago tomorrow. Usually during this time, we usually take the two-week off between Christmas and New Year's and we bring it back. But because there's no NHL hockey and the fact that Winterfest is going on, we're on the air. We're here to talk about it. And last night was absolutely stupendous. A great showing for the city of Toledo and the hockey community. I was at the game last night, and I want to tell you this before we begin. I enjoyed myself. I looked around. I saw Fort Wayne Comet jerseys. I saw Cincinnati Cyclone jerseys. I saw Kalamazoo fans that made the trek. I saw Blue Jacket jerseys. I saw Red Wings, of course. I saw Pittsburgh Penguins, Colorado Avalanche. I've seen a lot of play, a lot of teams. So for me, it was like the melting pot of hockey was in the Glass City yesterday at Fifth Third Field for the outdoor game. 
and it was absolutely amazing to see. It was probably one of the best atmospheres there. Now, I will say this. I am going to just dive right into it. If you follow our show on our Facebook channel, you saw earlier in the week on Thursday, I went down to the ballpark to walk at the the surroundings of how it would be shaped up, and I gave you guys the preview of that. If you're sitting in a lower level, field level seats, you want to be sitting higher up so that you could see the ice surface. And if you're anywhere past the dugouts around home plate, you're going to be paying mostly attention to the scoreboard. And that's where I was at. I was in section 108. Um, I actually wasn't going to go to the game last night. I didn't get an opportunity to get a ticket for it. But luckily I had a friend of mine that was telling me on uh, to go on one of the Facebook pages, which is the ticket page, one of the uh, Facebook ticket pages that sells the tickets. And I talked to a, uh, a, actually a fan of the show. Her name is Sarah. She sold me her ticket, got it for the face value, Got an opportunity to sit there, and luckily, of course, one of our old Brock, one of my old friends, of course, uh, Lucas Sigerson, old man Ziggy, as what he's called. Uh, he was there at the game, and uh, he got close. He was a little bit closer to where I could be able to sit with him, and we sat and watched at least two periods of play. And uh, yeah, it was for me, it was fun. Uh, but I'm reading all of these comments on Facebook as well as on Twitter as well as on. On all the pages that people were, they said this stinks. You couldn't see anything. If you were higher up, you had the best views ever. And and I say to that, you know, if you have never been to an outdoor game before, then I understand that you're going to be a complainer about it. But let me just say this. I kind of agree with you in some aspects. Where this field, where the, where the rink was stationed is in the inner parts of the outfield. So anything from 101 to 104, to well, 201 to 205, and then from 119 to 116 to 219 to 216, the roost area, and anywhere up in the upper levels into the outfield, you have premier seating for this event. Anything past the dugouts, around home plate, you're paying more attention to what the video board is showing you if you're on the field level. Now, if you're in the upper level behind home plate, you've got a good view. I will give you that. you got a good view. But I have two beefs. Two beefs. One, the Mud Hens knew this was going to happen, so why not drop the netting around home plate? That was one thing. That blocked. That was a black screen blocking the ice surface. That's one. Number two, I understand that you're putting a new playing surface down for the upcoming baseball season. I understand that. For me, it would have been more easily usable to do the rink from from one end, from home plate, all the way out towards center field which would expand the coverage, which gives the teams oppositions to come in from their own locker rooms instead of taking the long walk out, walking to the left, taking their skate, bla- their, their skate blockers off, and then walking on and skating on the ice. Now, it's a long walk. I will give you that. 
I've had I was I was there Monday night last Monday night watching Finley and Bowling Green play. I wanted to go look at the surface, and you know I got the opportunity to go to ice level, watch the game. It was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Thursday morning, uh, for a coworker of mine, his son was pl- her son was playing. Got an opportunity to go to the ice surface, and then Thursday night. Watching Avon play Anthony Wayne, you saw it on our Facebook page, and, you know, and showing you the views. And then for that game, they did not allow you at ice level. So we were seeing what it's going to be like when it comes to gameplay. And we understand you saw it on our Facebook page of how bad the viewing is. Now, if they would tilt that rink with the with the center field. Being the open end where the Zamboni goes out, and then they have it all the way out to home plate, you would cover all the seating bowl around home plate and all the seating bowl into the field. Now, where they have it now, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm not complaining anymore about it. But I think personally, I think the walleye and the mud hens have a problem with that. Number three is what I was hearing from a lot of you fans today on Facebook and Twitter about what the situation was over at Fleetwoods. Now, that is a little bit of a ridiculous thing. So, the Mudhens have oversold for this for these Winterfest games. It doesn't look like it on a lot of the, on all the Facebook pages because everybody's selling their tickets for the 31st. Nobody wants to go on the 31st to see them play Indianapolis. And I wouldn't want to go either. I have tickets, but I'm going to go. I have tickets for my my sister, her her husband, and my wife. We're going to go. We're going to sit there and enjoy the game. But to me, what the Mud Hens did is a cash cow situation. Oversoling this game, these games, is absolutely ridiculous. So what? To break the record, which we did last night. Of 11,200 and change to watch a hockey game in the city of Toledo. I understand that. I, I, I completely understand trying to break the record. But just to do what they did to you fans in the, that bought a ticket in the Fleetwood area, that is ridiculous. If you haven't read, they sold tickets for $25 a piece in the Fleetwood area to sit to stand on the top of the Fleetwood building to watch the game. There was no audio. There was no listening to the game up there. There was no food or beverage to be purchased there. All you had to do, all you were entitled to was a standing seat, standing area view of the rink. And it was not a great view because two things. One, if you watch the game, you see that there's two pop-up tents on the opposite sides of of both of both dressing groups or of both um both benches. Those are heating areas for for players that are that are getting dressed for amateur and youth hockey. Okay, that's one thing. But when you have the professionals there, drop them down. Okay, that's number 1. And then the number 2 thing for me also because of the whole Fleetwood situation, there was nobody sitting out in the outfield. Those are per, those are great view seats. Why aren't you selling the picnic tables? Because you're shooting off quote unquote fireworks, and you need to be safe, or because you know it, it's is it COVID? 
Because you can use your your because anybody can use the excuse of COVID. But overall, the event for me, I give it about a seven out of ten. There's a lot of problems with it. Another one, of course, was like I said, they oversold the tickets, and I I, I just don't like that. And another bad thing, and we'll get to the Andy rant on the situation, but you know what? I'm just going to go into it now. With the raise, with the rise in COVID, why didn't you not permit this to go into a mask of a venue? I know it's outdoors. I know that air is breathable and everything like that. I wore my mask the entire time of the game. Not only because of the COVID variant, but it kept my face warm. I have friends and family that are that have been exposed to COVID. And these people are out here are just wheeling and dealing and up close with each other and, and drinking and socializing. You know, we're still dealing with COVID. And I know you're sick and tired of it. We're COVID fatigue. I'm sick and I know people are sick and tired of it. But we have to get through this together. If we can get through this together, we can get people vaccinated and people to honestly wear a mask all the time. Then maybe, just maybe, we can get back to normal life. And I know I, I'm going to get criticized for people that are haven't taken the vaccine, who are, you know, anti-vaxxers or anti-mask people, but... With what's happening in the world. And with 11,200 and change at the ballpark yesterday. And about, I would say 75% of them wearing, not wearing a mask. That to me is a big COVID super spreader. And I hate to say that. I really hate to say that. I wish that the mud hens and the, and the, and the walleye would institute that more. You see it in Detroit now. You have to wear a mask when indoors during a Pistons or a Red Wing game. You see it in Columbus with the jackets. You At all times, whether or not eating or drinking, you are required to wear a mask. That's the county rule. I don't understand why Eric Jadzinski does not imply that rule. Why doesn't he apply that rule? Especially for how big this event is. You have 11,200 and change into that ballpark. What's to say one or two people or three people have COVID? Spreads like a wildfire. I'm just saying. I I know I'm a, law, a little bit of off topic from the rant that the about the game and we'll get to the game here in a second but for me that just was a that that right there put me off a lot it really did made a sign for the game by the way made the sign said uh look mom no roof and with our twitter account and then on the back side i wrote hey betman hashtag det versus cbj at the shoe with our hashtag aaa live I'll be making a few more of these signs. If you're going to the game, I will give you a sign. Just let me know. Uh, send me a Facebook message. I'll get you the sign. Now, we got big events still coming up for this Winterfest. Of course, tonight was the open skate that was going on until 1030. Tomorrow is youth and amateur games, and we've got one high school game tomorrow night. But, you know, that's 
That's if ants are, pe- uh, are coconuts. But Thursday is Wednesday and Thursday are the two big days for us here on All in the Open. Wednesday, of course, is the uh, Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Seven players going into the Hall of Fame, including Ian, Ian McPhee, as well as Nick Vitusi and a few others, of course. But Thursday night is the big one. We will be there in attendance. There will be a post-game version of All Andy on for Thursday night. And we will be at the ballpark post-game for that because there will be amateur hockey afterwards for that. But Thursday is the big one. It is the Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame alumni game. They will take on the Detroit Red Wing alumni team. And... I will be there in attendance for that game. It's 15 bucks to get in. They have plenty of tickets. It's general mission. You can sit wherever you want to sit. And the roster is, uh, I mentioned before, the roster is just absolutely stacked when it comes to the Toledo Walleye hockey team. And it is... It is just absolutely stacked of what the players are for the alumni game. The class of 2021 will feature Rick Corvo from the Toledo Storm, John Gravel, Ian McPhee, Roger Mazarov, Lewin Noor, Don Westbrook, and Nick Vitusi. And uh, John Gravel played with the Blades and the Hornets. Ian McPhee played with the Gold Diggers. Roger Massival with the Mercury from 1957 to 62. Lauren McCall from the Gold Diggers from 82 to 83. Don Westbrook with the Blades from 63 to 67. And the Gold Diggers from 74 to 77. So these guys are going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, there, that event is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Doors open at 6. It's at the Imagination Station for that one. Uh, like I mentioned before, the alumni game happening this upcoming Thursday night. And let me go over with some of the players here. I want to go over with some of the players for this with you guys right here. If this is a one, if you have never do this, done this, this is this is pretty awesome. I, I I like it. I like it. This is this is one of those events where you I circle it. I really do. I circle it and it, it, it it's one of those things that you say to yourself. Where was I at when this big event happened? You know, where was I at when this big event happened? So, let me pull it up here for you guys right here. Out here for you guys right here on... All in the offer right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Blitzer, Blitzer, Blitz. Oh my goodness! 
Stitcher and Bleaker. Here it is. So here is the alumni game. It is scheduled on the 30th at 6.30. Doors open at 5.30. Here are the players that will be playing for the alumni. It will be Rick Piatch from the Gold... Piak from the Gold Diggers, Bill Joyce from the Gold Diggers, Jim McCabe from the Gold Diggers. For the Toledo Storm will be Mike Witten, Taylor Raskov, Doug Teske, Bruce McDonald, Pat Pillipuke, Andy Suey, the Ian Duncan, Gordy Hunt, Rick Judson, Mark the Diesel Deasley, Rick Corville, and Nick Vitusi. And then for the Toledo Walleye, it will be Donna, Dominic Osmond, Phil Rock. Evan Rankin, Kyle Page, the Hall of Toledo Hockey Hall of Famer Kyle Rogers, Kyle Bonus, Greg Wolf, Joel Schwinnard, Jeff Justin Mercer, Jeff Lurg, and Scott Sernalzen. The coaches will be Ted Tucker and Jerry Badiak for the alumni team. For the Detroit Red Wing alumni team, here are some of the players that will be joining us. We Jason Woolley on defense, Larry Murphy. Will be on defense. Uh, Eddie Mio for the goaltender. Dino Cicerelli will be in there as well too. Mickey Redman, whose birthday is today, and I hope Deasley checks him into the boards so quickly that he goes down and says bingo bango. And of course, the big one, Joey Koser, one of the grind line players on defense, and Darren McCarty. Now, there is talks that Mark Deasley is going to drop the gloves with Darren McCarty. There is talks of that. If that does happen, we're going to be taping that. That is one for the record books. Two heavyweights going at it like that. It is like watching Goon, watching the best go at it right there. So, like I said, uh, other players that are scheduled to be there for the alumni game outdoors. Uh, we're going over it. I'm going over it with you here a little bit more. Pl other players, other than the ones that I mentioned for the Toledo Hockey alumni team, besides Jeff Lurg, of course, and Kyle Bonus, and Nick Vitusi, of course. But he'll be playing in the game. Of course, you have, like I said, Ted Tucker, Jim McCabe. It will also feature Bill Joyce, Taylor Raskick, Doug Teske, Bruce McDonald, Chris Blight, as well as Scott Sernalzen. They're all coming to the alumni game, the 30th, as it is the Toledo Hockey Alumni versus the Detroit Hockey Alumni, December 30th, Thursday night, 6.30, 5.30 gate type. Tickets are $15, general admission, anywhere in the ball ballpark. That game is presented by Tire Man. So there is that for you guys. That's one of the big events happening in this Winterfest. But last night, of course, like I mentioned before, a big night. For the walleye as it was the first game outdoors. As they took on the Kalamazoo Wings. As this is now time for the walleye roundup.
it's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Andy Alfred. As the fish did take on the Kalamazoo Wings, like I mentioned before, at fifth third field, and then it started off not on the on the right page for the fish. A minute 14 into the first period as Blaney getting his third of the season from Sossaman on a breakaway, on a two-on-one breakaway, beating Billy Christopoulos. It was 1-0 Kalamazoo Wings before then. It was then Brandon Tollick getting the goal, the first goal for the Fish at the 9-14 mark of the first period from Keenan or Orliski. And it was 1-1 Fish, 1-1 tie game. And then after that, it was Eric Bradford from Mutes from the Kalamazoo Wings getting his seventh of the season. Hutz getting the assist at the 13-17 mark of the first period. It was 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. Both teams having 11 shots on net. In the second period, on the power play, it was Albert getting his 12th of the season from Meyer and Boeing tying the game at 2 at the 235 mark of the second period on the power play. And that's where the score laid after 40 minutes of play and after 60 minutes of play. So after that, both teams traded back and forth in the overtime sessions. Both teams trying their best to get it into the back of the net. And they could not capitalize. So it goes to a shootout as it was. Toledo shooting first, and Meyer was a miss. And then Justin Taylor scoring first for the K-Wings. Hawkins then beating goaltender Jeeves, Greaves. And then Mutz missing his attempt, getting stopped by Billy Christopoulos. But then Marcus Vela capitalizing, taking a 2-1 lead in the shootout. But then Eric Bradford getting his goal, tying it up at two apiece. Josh Dickinson missing on his attempt, and Mattias Icapale getting the game winner in a shootout, and the K-Wings beat up on the walleye at Fifth Third Field in the opening game of Winterfest for the walleye as they fall to the K-Wings 3-2. Kalamazoo was outshot in the game 43-37 to the Toledo walleye. The walleye 1-3 for three on the power play. Kalamazoo 0-3 for three on the power play. Billy Christopoulos stopping 34 at 36. A save percentage of 0.975 for Kalamazoo. It was Greaves stopping 41 of 43. His save percentage of a 0.975. Pretty light penalty game. Of course, it was all uh, walleye. They were 1 for 3 on the power play. Kalamazoo 1 for 4. I mean, 0 for, 0 for 3 on the power play. Toledo 1 for 3 on the power play. As the fish fall to Kalamazoo by a score of three to two. Time of the game, of course, two hours forty-seven minutes, eleven thousand two hundred and thirty-one in attendance at Fifth Third Field. So the walleye fall in that game, 
There was other games that took place last night in the ECHL. We'll dive into that here in just a second. Of course, uh, Jacksonville beats up on South Carolina 3-1. In overtime, the Heartlanders fall to the Kansas City Mavericks 6-5. Fort Wayne, a 6-4 winner over Indianapolis. Tulsa, a 3-4-3 win in overtime over Wichita. The Cyclones beating up on the Nailers 7-1. The Everblades, a 5-0 win over the Orlando Solar Bears. And the Adirondack Thunder getting a 5-0 win over the Worcester Railers. Games happening tonight, and as we speak, as this game is going on, it is Cincinnati up 4-2 on Fort Wayne. Getting into the third period, it is Iowa up 3-2 on Kansas City right now. Tied at 1, starting the third period is Tulsa and Wichita. And the late game, of course, just underway with a minute into the game is Rapid City and Utah. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, one game. Norfolk is in Indy to battle the Fuel. Wednesday night, afternoon game. The Maine Mariners take on the Wooster Railers. Uh, Adirondack is in Rudding to battle the Royals. Newfoundland is in Trovier, the Leons. Cincinnati is at home against Greenville, and Iowa is at home against Tulsa. Like I mentioned before, the Fish will be back on the ice Friday, New Year's Eve, as they will take on the Indy Fuel at 5th or Field, 6 p.m. Puck drop for that one. Other games in the ECHL at the same time, Cincinnati will take on Greenville, 6.05. You have Kalamazoo at home to battle the Tulsa Oilers. You have Adirondack at home against Newfoundland. Rudding is at home against uh, the Railers at 3 o'clock at noon will start off the ECHL day with South Carolina in Orlando, the Battle of the Solar Bears. Fort Wayne is at home against the Iowa Heartlanders. And then you have the nightcap, of course, Rapid City takes on Utah to battle the, battle the Grizzlies of Utah. Looking at the standings going into last night's game with Toledo losing there now, still in the top spot at 16-6-0-2 with 34 points. Fort Wayne is in second place at 14-7-3-0 with 31 points. Cincinnati is in third spot at 15-11-0-0 with 30 points. The Wheeling Nailers are 14-9-1-0 with 29 points. The Kalamazoo Wings 13-10-0-0 with 26 points. The Heartlanders 8-13-3-1 with 20 points. And the Indy Fuel, who the Walleye will play on New Year's Eve, are 8-13-2-1 with 19 points. Looking at the rest of the divisions around the East Coast Hockey League, in the South Division it is the Jacksonville Iceman at 17-8-1-1 with 36 points. The Everblades are 14-7-2-3 with 33 points. The Gladiators 12-11-2-1 with 27 points. Orlando 13-12-1-0 with 27 points. Swamp, the Swamp Rabbits at Greenville are 9-10-3-1 with 22 points. Norfolk 10-14-0-1 with 21 points. You have South Carolina is in the last spot at 9-13-2 with 20 points. In the North Division, it is the Newfoundland, Newfoundland Growlers at 15-5-1 with 31 points. The Lions are 14-8-0-1 with 29 points. Adirondack 11-8-1-0 with 23 points. The Reading Royals 8-6-4-1 with 21 points. The Maine Mariners 8-11-3-1 with 20 points. And the Worcester Railers are 8-11-0-1 with 17 points. The Mountain Division sees Utah in the top spot at 17-8-1-0 with 35 points. Idaho 16-8-0-1 with 33 points. Tulsa 12-9-0-1 with 25 points. Rapid City is 11-12-1-2 with 25 points. Kansas City 11-13-1-0 with 23 points. 
the Wichita Thunder 10, 13, 2, and 0 with 22 points. And the Allen Americans at 8, 9, 3, and 0 with 19 points. So the walleye continue, like I said, on the top spot in the division. They'll play the worst team in the division on Friday night at Fifth Third Field for Winterfest. So you are that is the walleye roundup. Of course, we'll dive more into the Winterfest festivities later on on the program tonight as you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleakers, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. And now let's dive a little bit into the NHL, of course. With the break, we'll talk a little hot NHL hockey right here on All Andy Alford. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So, of course, right now, because of what's happening in the NHL right now, there's no NHL hockey games going on because of COVID right now. COVID is running rampant through the NHL right now, so the league has decided to pause action this uh, this past week in the, to give teams to recuperate and get ready for the Christmas holiday to get ready for the second half of the season. Now, with that in mind, there was an announcement, of course, that the NHL and the NHLPA has now announced that they will not go to the Olympics this year because of what's happening with the league and what's happening with COVID with their players. Both the PA and the league has decided that they will not send players over to field teams for Canada, the United States, and other nations Will not set, will not be allowed to have NHL players play in the Olympics. Now that is a huge blow to Canadian coverage for the NHL. That's because of one thing and one thing only, because they need to grow the game more in that league. And when you don't have a Sidney Crosby or Jonathan Taves or, or a Connor McDavid over there, you got some problems. And now you have Team Canada that is looking now, absolutely looking now, for an opportunity to, you know, field the team so they can go out. Now, I, I, I say this, I think that they're in good hands. I think you take a lot of the kids that are in the major juniors right now and you put them into the rosters. You put them in. They're playing right now. You give them a month to, you know, gel more as a team. You send them over into 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 China and see what it happens. Do we get a hockey season in in the Olympics? I think we do. We're gonna see more amateurs, we're gonna see more of the college kids playing and performing. And now and the NHL won't be able to touch those kids next season. So the NHL making that news notes to pass along. Of course. Like I mentioned before, also today, the NHL has also decided have postponed three games so far today, making a total of 70 games that have been postponed due to COVID. That is 70 games this season. The games against Winnipeg and Chicago at Canada Life Center in Winnipeg on Wednesday have been postponed, and the home-and-home home between Dallas and Colorado have been postponed for Wednesday and Friday. 
Make updates will be made at a later date. Of the 70 games postponed, one has been made up and one has been rescheduled. The league will resume play tomorrow night. There is four game, three games on the docket. It will be Montreal at Tampa Bay, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Vegas is in L.A. to battle the Kings, and Arizona is in San Jose to battle the Sharks. The next scheduled game for Columbus will be the 30th of December at Nationwide Arena. That will be against the Nashville Predators. Now, I say that this is a fluid situation. The Jackets have welcomed back Jack Roslevic, Andrew Peake, and Gabriel Carlson back to practice. Both players have been cleared by the NHL in the COVID protocol rule. However, we did get some late-breaking news this evening that Oliver Bjorkstrand is now into the NHL COVID protocol. He was in protocol as well as... Jacob Voracek will now miss time with an injury he received on Sunday when he was on the ice with the team for the first practice after the holiday break. In addition, the wall, the NHL and the NHLPA have announced that they will have taxi squads to recuperate any team, the teams, what's happening with COVID. They can have up to about six players on a taxi squad. The wall, the Jackets have required center Josh Dune and former Toledo Walleye player Tyler Sakura were called up from Cleveland to join the busy squad. The Jackets will now have their eyes set to Thursday. Hopefully they can get on the ice and play because they were scheduled to play Toronto tonight. They are scheduled to play Chicago tomorrow. Both games have been postponed. Like I said, the next game will be the 30th against Nashville. Now, here I say this. There is talks about yours truly heading down to Columbus on the New Year's Day. See the Jackets play Carolina. Uh, opportunity is coming up, but we don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to buy tickets because I don't know if this game is going to get postponed. I don't know what's going to happen. But good news is that it looks like the Jackets are going to get back on the ice and play Thursday. They did get an opportunity to knock the rust off and practice on Sunday. But like I mentioned before, Jakob Voracek, Jake Voracek, was injured during that practice. Boquist was on the ice. It was the first time that forwards Boone Jenner, Jack Rosovic, Eric Robinson, as well as Gabriel Carlson and Andrew Pleak, plus the goaltender Jonas Corporzalo, on Sunday, the good news to start. Good news to start. Brad Larson said all of those players appear to avoid any serious illness. The port, the ports that I got says Larson is that yeah, everybody was fairly mild. It did not seem like anything too scary, which is great to hear. With that out of the way, the Jackets now turn their attention to what could happen next when they step on the ice and play the games. This upcoming week on Thursday at Nash against Nashville, so we'll see how that all shakes out. See that all shakes out. By the way, the Jackets added Daniel Tossoff to the roster from the Cleveland Monsters. Now, the question I'm having now with myself is this: Are we moving Corpusalo, 
or are we resigning him? Because to me, you got to give Corpy an opportunity to keep playing. He has to play. I say that because he is worth a lot to this team. He is worth a lot when it comes to free agency. If he is going to be gone at the end of this year, we could shop him and get some good players. We could get something that's out there. You know, but we shall see. We shall see. Other NHL news and notes, of course. Tanev is now out. Brandon Tanev from the Seattle Kraken, Everett's team over across the over across the country, is out for the rest of the season with a ACL injury. It is bad news for him. Uh, World Juniors is going on as we speak, of course. Uh, the draft looks fantastic in the eyes of uh, for 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 a for the prospect out of of Carolina who scored twice in Finland the games today Russia beat Switzerland 4-2 you also had Austria fall to Finland 7-1 and then you have other games playing this week as well as Canada and the United States are playing in the same on the same days of the week uh, it's all on the NHL network if you want to take a look at that, if you're missing hockey all that much. Uh, the Winter Classic is still on. Winter Classic will be on January 1st. It will be on TNT. It will be featured the Minnesota Wild hosting the St. Louis Blues at Target Field. And that game at 6 o'clock on TNT. So there is that for you guys right there. So the Winter Classic is still on. By the way, Nathan McKinnon is leading the top spot in the Central for all-star game voting. You can go out there and vote for the all-star game as well. So there is that for you. And that is the jacket roundup. If a quote unquote jacket roundup. So so we'll see how it all shakes out. Hopefully the jackets get back on the ice this upcoming Thursday as they take on the Nashville Predators. As you're listening to all in the for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's dive into it. Let's hit the gridiron. Let's talk a little NFL football. Let's 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 just get over it and rip the band-aid off. Let's talk about the Lions. So let's dive into it. Let's talk a little week 16 of the National Football League. And let's break down the two local teams. First and foremost, let's talk about my Lions. All right, coming off the huge win against Arizona last week. Now, we weren't on the air last week because of Christmas. The huge, huge, huge win last week beating the Arizona Cardinals was just absolutely brilliant, perfect. I figured that could build some momentum into this upcoming sun, this past Sunday's game against Atlanta, who Atlanta is mathematically out of it. They're done. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. They can't compete with with uh, with Tampa Bay. They can't in that division. So then they're they're not looking towards a wild card spot right now. So I figured that the Lions could play a little bit of a spoiler and give the opportunity for you know, a possible win. Get their third win of the season. It would be fantastic to see. And, you know, it was a great game. Back and forth action the entire time. You know, with it being 
you know, 13-13 at the end of the third quarter. It just sucked how this game ended. It just did. And St. Brown played a fantastic game. This kid is unstoppably good in this game. But it, it just came down to the last last second of the game. Last few minutes of the game. Last few seconds of the game. And a, no Jared Goff because of COVID. Boyle comes in and does a fantastic job. I'm not going to knock the kid. He does a great job. He looks a little bit like Rico Bosco a little bit. 24 for 34 for 167 yards. He had one TD. The interception he threw was the costly one. It cost us the game. And he had St. Brown over to the right side, but he threw it dead in the middle in the, tri- in the double coverage, and he gets picked off. And that's how the game ends. And Atlanta beats Detroit 20-16. to 16. Like I mentioned, Boyle. 24 for 34 for 167 yards, one TD, one interception. His QBR rating was a 29.6. Williams, 19 carries for 77 yards, no TDs. Uh, St. Brown, two carries, 19 yards, no TDs. He led in the receiving front, though. Nine catches, 91 yards, one TD in the game. Reynolds, uh, two catches, 36 yards. Uh, Hodges, one catch, 21 yards. Kennedy, two catches, 16 yards. For the Lions. For the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 18 for 24 for 215 yards, one TD. His QBR rating was a 54.1%. Davis, seven touches for 28 yards. It was also Pitts catching six catches for 102 yards. Hurts, two catches, 21 yards, one TD in the game. The overall team stats looked like this. The Lions had 19 first downs to Atlanta's 14. On third down, the Lions were 7 for 16, while Atlanta was 2 for 8. Lions 3 for 4 on fourth down. The Falcons 1 for 1. Of the total yardage, the Lions had 338 total yards, 208 through the air, 130 on the ground. For Atlanta, they had 254 total yards of offense, 207 through the air, 47 yards on the ground. Six penalties, 30 yards for the Lions. Two penalties, 15 yards for the Falcons. Both teams had one turnover in the game, a fumble loss for Atlanta, and the interception that Blau, that Boyle threw. The possession arrow went towards the Lions. They had the football the most at 38 minutes and 5 seconds to Atlanta's 21 minutes and 55 seconds. So Detroit falls. They're now 2-12-1. Well, Atlanta improves to 7-8 and eight with a 20-16 win over the Lions. And the Lions now have two final games left this season. They'll head up to the 12th man to battle Seattle in probably a snowy tundra that is CenturyLink Field and take on the Falcons. And they're already a six-point underdog in that game on Sunday afternoon. Now, let's dive into the big situation that's happening in the AFC North. The Browns took on the Green Bay Packers, who we, you know, we get to see every year. Now the Browns in this game on Christmas Day. I hope it didn't as a Browns fan to you guys. I hope it didn't ruin your Christmas Day. Because we get to deal with this lot as Lions fans for two times a year at Green Bay absolutely and the referees absolutely steal the game towards us. 
and leans it towards Green Bay than anything else. As Baker Mayfield set a team record for four interceptions in one game. Cost the Browns the game. I This play of Baker was not, not good. It was not good. And Rodgers just absolutely torched the Browns. He was 24 for 34 for 202 yards, three TDs in the game. Mayfield in the game, 21 for 36 for 222 yards, two TDs, four interceptions. His QBR rating, his QBR rating was a 35.3%. Nick Chubb, a solid game. And Baker is coming off of the COVID list. So I, I can't give him a full pass, but he is coming off the COVID list. He came off the COVID list on Friday afternoon. So that's good. You know, it's good to see that he comes off the COVID list, but it was just, he wasn't ready to play. He really wasn't ready to play. Like I said, 21 for 36 for 222 yards. Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 126 yards. He was the offense of the game. He had one TD the game. Johnson, four carries, 58 yards. Chubb had three catches for 58 yards, no TDs. Higgins, five catches, 58 yards, no TDs. Schwartz, one catch, five yards, one TD. Bryant, one catch, one yard, one TD. Njoku was not even close to being on the field. Landry, four catches, 55 yards. Higgins, five catches, 58 yards. Hooper, three catches, 26 yards. For Aaron Rodgers, he was 24 for 34 for 202 yards, three TDs, no interception. His QBR rating was a 76.1%. Jones was the leading rusher. He had 12 carries for 66 yards. Uh, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 114 yards, two TDs in the game. Adam Lazard, two catches, 45 yards, one TD in the game. Jones, five catches, 21 yards in the game. The overall team stats look like this. The Browns had 28 first downs to Green Bay's 19. On third down, the Browns were 7 for 12, while Green Bay was 3 for 10. So that shows you the defense was pretty good. Uh, Both teams perfect on fourth down at 1 for 1. Of the total plays, 66 for Cleveland and 58 for Green Bay. The Browns had 408 total yards of offense, 189 through the air, 219 on the ground for the Green Bay Packers. Of the 58 plays, 311 total yards, 202 was through the air, 109 on the ground. Three penalties for 29 yards for Green Bay. The Browns had three six penalties for 38 yards, four turnovers. That's where it cost the Browns. Four turnovers in the game, all done by Baker Mayfield, throwing interceptions. The Browns led in possession 31 minutes and 41 seconds to the Packers, 28 minutes and 19 seconds. So the Browns fall to 7-8. and eight. Green Bay now 12-3. and three. They clinch the, AFC, the NFC North. What else is new? And the Browns are now... But the, what happens Sunday helps the Browns. Baltimore loses to Cincinnati. That is a huge thing. Okay. So the Browns now have to win out. They play Pittsburgh Monday night on Monday night football. And then they play Sunday, that following Sunday, against Cincinnati. You win your games. You're in the playoffs. You win the North. Here's where I think it's going to be. And it's favored towards the Browns. Cincinnati has to travel to Kansas City. Cincinnati's got to win against Kansas City. 
If they win against Kansas City, they are in. They are in the playoff. They clinch the division, in my opinion. Baltimore is hosting the Rams. Now, the Rams are still playing for that West because Arizona is still there. Still there. They can't lean back. So if the Rams win and Kansas City wins, Cleveland beats Pittsburgh on Monday night, the Browns slide in. And they win the division with the win against Cincinnati. I, 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 I just say it. I will just say it. You're going to see maybe a possibly a 9-8 Browns team make the postseason and win the division. It is, it is there. It is absolutely there. So, we'll see what happens. So, let's break down the rest of the games that took place in Week 16. It's, this is Week 16's recap of the National Football League. It's time again for Week 16's recap of the National Football League. Right here on All Andy Alfred. Woo! We begin with Thursday Night Football as it was tighten up, baby. As it was the Tennessee Titans taking on the wet jeans known as the San Francisco 49ers. And a close back and forth rally by the Titans down 10 and a half. And they rally back by Ryan Tannehill's performance of 22 of 29 for 209 yards, one TD. Garoppolo, 26 for 35 for 332, one TD, as it was a game-winning field goal. That gave the Titans the win, 20 to 17. Whoop! We then go on to Christmas Day. Ho, 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 ho. Football on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, little boys and girls. As it was the Browns taking on Green Bay. And Baker was throwing the turnovers. Call him Pepperidge Farm. Because he will remember what he did in Lambeau. As he throws four interceptions. And Rodgers makes him pay. As the Packers beat up on the Browns. 24-22. Whoop! We then head to the desert. And I'm still a little kid. Kyler Murray. And the Arizona Cardinals take on Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor. Thomas, the home improvement version of the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts putting down the Cardinals. Stopping, rumbling, bubbling, banging up on the Cardinals. After all, the Colts coming off of injuries. Jonathan Taylor. 27 carries for 108 yards as Wentz was 18 for 28 with two TDs. And the kid, Murray, 27 for 43 for one TD as the Cardinals are bowling. And they lose 22 to 16. Whoop! We then head into Sunday afternoon football. As in the Queen City, where my friend Cassandra Cardenas and her beautiful husband were in Ball Brown Stadium to see the Cincinnati Bengals take on Lamar Jackson. Jacksonless. 
Baltimore Ravens. And it was Joe Burrow lighting up a cigar and saying, Who day? Who day? Who they gonna beat them Bengals? As the Bengals putting a shellacking. Burrow, 525 yards passing for 14 E's. Mixon, 16 carries for 65 yards. Bengals putting a stranglehold and sweeping the Ravens. 41-21. Whoop! We then head up to TCF Field in Minnesota. As the Minnesota Vikings with Skull! Skull! Taking on Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams. And the Rams just keep on winning and clinching the NFC West with their huge win. Beating the Vikings by 7, 30 to 23. As Stafford was 21 for 37 for 197 yards. He threw three picks, but still wins the football game. That shows you Minnesota isn't for real anymore. As they beat up, lose to the, to the Rams, 30 to 23. Whoop! The prime time game of Trust the Process. And Bill Belichick taking on Josh Allen. And the table smashing Buffalo Bills. The Bills needed this game to win the division. And they hammered the tables. Throwing. Jones to the tables. Giving him the 3D bomb. The Dudley bomb. As Allen throws three TDs in the game. 30 for 47 for 314 yards. Three TDs as Mac Jones. Two interceptions. Does not help his cause. He was 14 for 32 for 145 yards. Allen was the leading rusher with 12 carries for 64 yards. As the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons through Gillette Stadium and beat up on the Patriots. 33-21. How about that, El Prez? What? We then head down to the Meadowlands where it was the J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Jets taking on the urbanless Jacksonville Jaguars. And the toilet bowl game known as this one was pretty interesting. With Zach Wilson ran no like no other Jets quarterback in franchise history. As he went 14 for 22 for 102 yards and one TD and touchdown. Jesus. I'm Trevor Lawrence, and I sell my Subway sandwiches. Went 26 for 39 for 280 yards. But it was not touchdown Jesus' day. As it was the Jets grounding the Jaguars. 26-21. And I tell you this, folks. It should have been a Jaguar victory if they wouldn't have just coughed it up late in the game. Whoop! We head down to Lincoln Field, Financial Field, as the Philadelphia Fly Eagles fly on the road to victory. Take on the G-Men of the New York Football Giants, and the Eagles just shellacking the Giants. 
I'm not going to break this game down. It was a beatdown. 34 to 10. As the Eagles fly past the Giants and keep their playoff hopes alive. Woo! We head over to North Carolina. And we see the Carolina Panthers with, I'm back! Cam Newton! And the Carolina Panthers! He carried the football five times for 42 yards. But it was Sam Darnold coming back on the field. He was 15 for 32 for 190 yards. Gets QBR rating 17.6. Newton, 7 for 13. As the Panthers get declawed and beat up by Tampa Tom and Rob Gronkowski and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm Gronk. Smash the football. 32 to 6 over Carolina. Whoop. We then head down to the garbage dump. That is Houston, Texas. To see the Houston Texans take on the L.A. Chargers. An inconsistent team are the Chargers. As the Texans absolutely routed the Chargers 41-29. As Herbert 27 for 35 for 336 yards. One TD, two interceptions. As Mills just gives them the big from Texas 21 for 27 254 yards two TDs in the game Whoop! we go to the four o'clock slate as it was my girlfriend my Beyonce Ciara and I welcome you to Seattle and the 12th man as they took on the Bears and let me say the Bears played in the snow and got the magic that they they needed to get the win as it was lane magic by Nick Foles who was 24 for 35 for 250 yards in one TD as Russell Wilson 16 for 27 for 181 yards two TDs as the Bears beat up on the foul on the Seahawks 25 24 Seattle 5 and 10 the Bears now 5 and 10. Whoop! We then head to the prime time game on Sunday. It was Patty Mahomes. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Taking on Ben Rapis Roppersberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were stricken with a lot of COVID. And the Chiefs just absolutely rumbled, beat up, destroyed the Steelers. Absolutely just taking the steel curtain and dropping it on him. As Roethlisberger, 23 for 35. One interception, one TD for 159 yards. As Patrick Mahomes, 23 for 30. 258 yards, three TDs. As Najee Harris, 19 for 33 yards in the running room. As the Chiefs rumbled and routed the Steelers to clinch the AFC West. With a 36-10 victory over the Steelers. The Steelers are headed to the, not headed to the postseason. Whoop! We then head to Vegas. Jackpot, baby! As it was the Raiders taking on Teddy. Bridge over troubled water. 
Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos. Both teams evenly matched. This came the line even going into, and it was the Raiders clinging on to playoff hopes with their big win. As Josh Jacobs told the coaches to give him a chance to get into the rhythm, and he capitalized. As Drew Locke, who was not on, not Teddy Bridge over Trouble Water, 15 for 22, 153 yards. Derek Carr, 20 for 25, 201 yards, one TD, one interception. As Jacobs proves to the team that he can do it, 27 carries for 129 yards. As the Raiders beat up on the Broncos, 17 to 13. Whoop! We've had had to Sunday night. On NBC, as it was the Cowgirls, Dallas, taking on the Washington football team, and this game was over after the first quarter. As Washington was fighting in the bench area, Prescott celebrates a huge, a huge win for him. As he was 28 for 39 for 330 yards, four TDs in the game. As Heineke was dreadful. He was about as terrible as the Washington football team name is. Seven for 22 for 121 yards, two interceptions, one TD. As the Cowboys routed the football team. 56 to 14. Whoop! And that's recap of week 16 of the National Football League. Tonight, of course, Miami takes on the New Orleans Saints, and the Dolphins are out to an early huge lead as they're up 17 to 3. So it looks like Tua is going to be better than Ian Book. We get into week 17. One more week left to go after this one. And it will start no Thursday night football. It will start on Sunday against Atlanta versus Buffalo. So that was week 16's recap of the National Football League. I hope you have a great rest of your Christmas season as well as a great New Year's as well. You're going to hear Andy come back here in just a little bit to preview week 16, 17 and hear his predictions for this upcoming week's games right here. But this has been week 16's recap of the National Football League. As you just listened to week 16's recap of the National Football League right here on All Andy Elford, powered by Anchor. You're listening to us on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into Week 17's predictions. Of course, there is no Thursday night football like like we just mentioned. As we will go right into our picks for Week 17, which is the day after New Year's Day. A full slate, everybody playing on Sunday, excluding the Monday night game. So here it is. We'll start off first and foremost in Buffalo. The Bills, 9-6, will battle the Atlanta Falcons, who are 7-8. The Bills are 14.5-point favorite. I will take Buffalo in that one. New York, the G-Men travel up to 
Soldier Field to battle the Bears. The Bears six-point favorites in the game. One o'clock kickoff for that one. I am taking the Bears in that one. Kansas City travels down to Cincinnati to battle the Bengals. A big game. Kansas City a five-point favorite in the game. I am taking Kansas City in that one. Kansas City, I think, is, you know, even though they have clinched the division, they want home field for throughout the playoffs. This would be a big win for them if they could beat the Bengals. The Dolphins, who are right now 8-7, and seven, will take on the Titans at 1 o'clock. The Titans, 3.5-point favorites in this one. I will take the Tennessee Titans in that game. The Raiders of Las Vegas, 8-7, and seven, will travel down to Indianapolis to battle the Indianapolis Colts. 1 o'clock kick on Fox. I will take the Colts. Colts are 7.5-point favorite in that one. I will take the Colts. Jacksonville travels up to New England to battle the Patriots. I am taking New England in that one. That's a pretty easy pick. New England, a 15.5-point favorite in that one. Tampa Bay, Tampa Tom heads into the Meadowlands to battle the Jets. The Buccaneers, 11-4. The Jets, 4-11. Tampa, a 13-point favorite in that game. I will take Tampa Bay. The Eagles head into Washington to battle the Washington football team. Philadelphia, a 3.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking the... Eagles in that one. The Rams. This is another big one. The Rams, eleven and four. They've already clinched the AF, the NFC uh, playoff spot in the in the in the NFC. They're taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who are eight and seven. The Rams, three and a half point favorite in this game. I am taking the Rams in that one. The Broncos travel out to LA to battle the Chargers. 405 kick for that one. I'm taking the Chargers over the Broncos in that one. 405 kick sees the 49ers hosting the Houston Texans. I'm taking San Francisco in that one. 425 sees the Arizona Cardinals with Kyle Murray taking on Dak Prescott. This is a heavyweight matchup. This is probably going to be a first round playoff matchup right here. I am going to take, excuse me, a second round playoff matchup. I'm going to take Dallas to beat the Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals are really, really in trouble going forward. Uh, Carolina travels down to the Dome to battle New Orleans. New Orleans, eight, seven, and eight. New Orleans is a seven-point favorite in the game. I'm taking New Orleans in that one. Uh, Sunday night football game is Green Bay hosting Minnesota. 820 kickoff for that one. Green Bay, six and a half point favorite. I'm taking the Packers in that one. And then we get to the Lions. The Lions, 2 12 and 1, take on the Seattle Seahawks, who are 5 and 10. Seattle, six and a half point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Lions. I think the Lions will bounce back on this game. I think they win this game. I'm going to take the Lions to beat the Seahawks, which sets up Monday Night Football next Monday, as it will be the Browns, 7 and 8. Taking on the Steelers, who are 7, 7, and 1, 8, 15. Cleveland, a three point favorite in this game. I am going to take the Browns to beat the Steelers. And hopefully, it sets up for the Browns and the Bengals to battle for the AFC North Division Championship at First Energy Stadium. So we'll see how it all shakes out. So that's Week 17's predictions right here on All Andy Alford, right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, 
Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight as we now head into the other half of the show tonight, of course, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening with the college football playoff. College football is coming to an end. So with COVID ramping up here around around America and, of course, around the world, college football is actually getting affected by this. A lot of the, co- a lot of the teams are getting, and a lot of the bowl games are getting affected by this. Uh, we had one bowl game that was scheduled to play today got canceled. As Boston College was supposed to play Eastern Carolina today, that game got canceled in the Military Bowl. Uh, but earlier today at Ford Field, it was Western Michigan taking on Nevada. Western Michigan beating up and destroying the Wolfpack of Nevada 52-24. to So let's look at the rest of the bowl games that have, have taken place. And it started off first and foremost on the 17th with Middle Tennessee taking on the University of Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl and Middle Tennessee absolutely beating up on the Rockets. They get a 31 to 24 victory over the Toledo Rockets. Northern so the Rockets end their season there. Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina took each other on in the Tan Greeters Cure Bowl. Coastal Carolina beat just edging Northern Illinois 47-41 in that one. In the Boca Raton Bowl, it was Western Kentucky beating up on Appalachia State 59-38. It was Fresno State, a winner 31-24 over UTEP in the Puberk Mobile New Mexico Bowl. In the Rylance Technology Independence Bowl, it was BYU falling to UAB 31-28. In the Lending Tree Bowl, it was Liberty beating up on Eastern Michigan 56-20. In the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Skyfe, Utah State took on Oregon State, and Utah State a big 24-13 win over the Beavers of Oregon State. And then in the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana won her 36-21 over Marshall. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Axe, it was Tulsa won her 30-17. In the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, it was the Wyoming a winner 52-30 over Kent State. In the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, UTSA, Took on 24th-ranked San Diego State and San Diego State a winner 38 to 24 over UTSA in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. It was Missouri falling to Army in in walk-off fashion for Army as they kicked the game-winning field goal as they beat Missouri 24 to 22 in the Frisco Football Classic presented by Ryan. It was Miami of Ohio a winner 27 to 14 over North Texas. And the Union Home Mortgage Gillespie Galspar Bowl. It was Central Florida winner 29-17 over Florida. On Christmas Day, it was the Tax Act Camellia Camellia Bowl. Georgia State a winner 51-20. Games going forward starting tomorrow. A big slate of games. The Birmingham Bowl presented by Ticket Smarter. The 20th ranked Houston will take on Auburn. Noon kick for that one. Air Force takes on Louisville in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. In the Liberty Bowl, presented by AutoZone, it's Mississippi State taking on Texas Tech. In the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, which will be on national television on Fox, the UCLA taking on 18th-ranked NC State. West Virginia taking on Minnesota in the Guarantee Rate Bowl at 10-15 on, on ESPN. One game, another game canceled because of COVID. SMU 
was scheduled to play Virginia in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl at Fenway Park. That game has been canceled. However, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl will be on as scheduled as it will be Maryland 6-6 taking on Virginia Tech, who is 6-6 on Wednesday. 2-15 kickoff for that one. 5-45 kickoff on ESPN. The Cheez-It Bowl as 19th-ranked Clemson takes on Iowa State. Excuse me. Valero Alamo Bowl. It's a good matchup. 14th-ranked Oregon takes on 16th-ranked Oklahoma. 7 9-15 9-15 kickoff for that one. Oklahoma, a seven-point favorite in that one. The New Year's Eve Eve, we'll see the Duke Mayo's Bowl. North Carolina versus South Carolina, 11.30 a.m. kickoff for that one. The Music City Bowl, we'll see Tennessee taking on Purdue. That's a 3 o'clock kick on Thursday. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl will feature 12th-ranked Pittsburgh taking on 10th-ranked Michigan State. Michigan State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. And then the Las Vegas Bowl will see Arizona State taking on Wisconsin. 10-30 kickoff for that one. Wisconsin, a six-point favorite on that one. Now, here's the big one. Of course, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl has been announced that with Boise State having COVID, they have pulled out, so can't they have canceled the Arizona Bowl. Washington State's opponent was scheduled to play in the Tony the Tiger Bowl. That has been canceled, so Tony the Tiger Bowl will now be on CBS, and it will feature Washington State playing Central Michigan. (coughs) Excuse me. Noon kickoff for that one. Uh, At 11 a.m. Eastern, it will be the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl as Wake Forest takes on Rutgers. And then we get to the college football playoff games. As fourth-ranked Cincinnati, 13-0, will battle number one-ranked Alabama in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. 3.30 3.30 kick for that one. Alabama, 13.5 point favorite in this one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Wildcats, the Bearcats of Cincinnati to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide no more. As I think Luke Fickle and his team has got the right will. What Alabama team's going to show up? Will it be the Texas A&M team? Will it be the first-half Auburn team, or will it be the team that absolutely dominated over Georgia in the SEC championship game? We don't know. We don't know. But then third-ranked Georgia takes on second-ranked Michigan in the Capital One Orange Bowl. 7.30 kick for that one. Georgia, a seven-point favorite in that one. I'm taking the Wolverines in that one. I think Michigan's a better team. I think they can give – I think Georgia gives Georgia – a better game defensive-wise for that one. There's that. Let's talk about the New Year's Six. Of course, like I mentioned before, it will actually be the New Year's Five, my apologies, as Penn State and 21st-ranked Arkansas will kick it all off at noon in the Outback Bowl. Arkansas, a one-point favorite in that one. I'm taking Penn State in that one. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl at 1 o'clock, Notre Dame, Fifth ranked in the country, 11-1, takes on OK State, who's 11-2. I'm taking Notre Dame in that one. In the Verbo Citrus Bowl, 15th ranked Iowa takes on 22nd ranked Kentucky. I am taking Iowa in that one. Uh, the big one, of course, is the granddaddy of them all. As sixth ranked Ohio State, 10-2 overall, takes on Utah, who's 10-3 overall. 5 o'clock on ESPN, I am taking Ohio State in that one. And then 
The nightcap will be the All-State Sugar Bowl at 7th-ranked Baylor. 11-2 overall takes on Ole Miss, who's 10-2 overall. Ole Miss, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I will take the Baylor Bears in that one. And, of course, like I mentioned before, one other game, bowl game, will be the Tax-Texas Bowl as 6-6 LSU takes on Kansas State. Kansas State, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I will take Kansas State. So then that sets up... Cincinnati versus Michigan for the national championship, and I think Michigan gets the better edge over Luke Fickle. I think Michigan wins the national championship in the college football playoff. So I have Michigan winning the national championship. So and that would end the college football season. So we'll see how that all shakes out. And we'll see how it all shakes out right here on All in the Offer, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so, so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now we're heading into the final portion of our program. It's now officially time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and I want to thank you so, so much for tuning into the show tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, depending on if the Jackets are playing, and every weekend right here on the Anchor Network. So, of course, you heard the big rant earlier in the program tonight about Winterfest. Um, uh, That was one of the big talking points tonight, of course, but Andy Rants tonight is going to be a couple parts to it. First and foremost, I want to send my... I want to send my condolences to Joanne and Phil Gilliam. They lost their dog, Bo, today. Um, he was a great dog, 15 years of age. I want to send my condolences to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law to their loss of their dog. And our thoughts and prayers are with you guys in this time of grieving. I also want to send a speedy recovery to my friend Brian Keaton. Uh, Brian is, was just released from the hospital. He was diagnosed with pneumonia and he was also diagnosed with COVID. Um, I hope you're feeling better, Brian. Um, get well soon. Get to chat with you later. Hope, uh, hope all is well with you and, and your significant other, as well as with your, your mom and your dad and, and your stepdad and everybody on that side of the family. Hope everything was okay. Um, I also wanted to say thank you to you guys for listening to the program each and every week. Um, I know we were off last week for the holidays, but we had good rate. We've, <clears throat> we've had good ratings the last few weeks, and I want to thank you for that. Um, we're going to continue doing these shows, even though the, the Jackets aren't playing right now uh, because of COVID. And, uh, you know, it's great uh, – Great to do these shows for you guys right here on the Anchor Network. Um, when I began doing my podcast, there was one gentleman in that in particular that took notice of me and reached out to me as a colleague. And uh, he was a good man, a good friend. Uh, we've met a few times. We've discussed. We've talked off his show. We've talked off off air of my show. Uh, he's given me good, good, uh, good knowledge and good uh, information to help me through when I was in college with at Bowling Green, as well as when I was at Owens. Um, he was a good friend of mine. Off air, him and his wife, him and his wife Jackie were fantastic. I'm talking about Bruce Strennan. 
Uh, Bruce is announced announced earlier this month that he was retiring. Uh, this is his last week of shows on Bally Sports Ohio, formerly Fox Sports Ohio, Fox Bally Sports Great Lakes, formerly Sports Fox Sports Time Ohio, formerly Sports Time Ohio. He started his career with the Cleveland Indians. One that was what his big thing was. Of course, he came over to STO with his show All Bets Are Off. Uh, came to Toledo a couple times, did live remotes from the ballpark when the Clippers were playing against Toledo, got an opportunity to meet Bruce and got to meet Ashley and Gene and Jackie. And, and, you know, he is a whiz when it comes to not only sports, but movies. He is a fantastic movie buff. And I, I just got to say, you know, for the bottom of my heart, thank you, Bruce. For everything you've done in the sports world and the sports community, you've helped me out as a broadcaster. You've helped me out as a helped me out as a uh, as a human being, as well as a big movie guy too, as well. So for that, thank you. Um, and uh, Cleveland is definitely going to miss you as a sports analyst, as well as a peace peacekeeper. For the city as well. So thank you Bruce for everything. And uh, Godspeed my friend. And enjoy the links. Remember to hit him straight buddy. Hit him straight. <laughs> so thank you Bruce. For that. And um, thank you. Uh, let's get into. The final part of Andy Rance tonight. And that is. Uh, the Christmas season of course. Like I mentioned before. Uh, New Year's is a right around the corner. So I want you to make a resolution that you're actually going to keep. New Year's resolutions, you know, we lose it two, three weeks into the new year. You know, I don't really, for me, I stopped doing New Year's resolutions because I would always, you know, just, just blow them off. I would say, you know, what's the point, you know, uh, my New Year's resolution this year is going to be do more charity work, more more helping hands, more doing more things, not only for me and my family, but also for other people. So I'm hoping that I can succeed as that. So I'm looking towards you to put your New Year's resolution out there. You know, you could say that you lose weight or you could be better in your credit line or do whatever you need to do. But you ask yourself, is it really going to help you down the long term? Because to me, doing charity work and helping out more helps not only your inner soul, but it helps your your spiritual soul at the same time. So that's that. So that is my New Year's resolution. And hope another resolution for you guys is to keep listening to our show. Um, about my heart from me and Amanda, I wish you guys a very, continue a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy 2022. So until I talk to you guys again later this week, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets! Get healthy! Go Walleye! Keep up the good work in Winterfest.
Go Falcons. On the ice, on the hard court. And go State, Michigan and Ohio State. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, when you have tasted defeat, and by the way, go Irish too. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys later this week for another edition of All Andy Alfred. I love you guys. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.